0: The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family, Burkereviews dot Hey, everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me, as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And we are here this week uh, to talk t- about Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, which is the first movie of our month of politically themed movies, and sorry for my ringtone, Um, but we were uh, just talking, Um, it's that time of year again, Corey, that wonderful, magical, marvelous time for movie lovers. What is that kind time, Corey? Kind of bad. Corey?
1: Kind of bad for us, too. Uh, Barnes Noble is, is having their – is it biannual if it's twice a year? <laughs> um, I, I think so. Criterion Actually, sale where in-
0: – Interesting nerdy English fact. Uh, biannual can mean both, twice a year or every other year.
1: <laughs> See, that's why I always get mixed up. Okay, so it is legit. It can be both.
0: Okay. It can be both. Um,
1: okay, so it's twice a year. I think the first time it's in July and the second time it's in November, and mm-hmm. it runs for – uh, usually a month or a day or two longer. I think this one goes to yep. December 2nd or 3rd. And
0: it should be noted, as Prime does, <laughs> um, if you have Amazon Prime, you can get them for almost half off on Prime, but you get the Prime shipping. They're $22 on Prime, um, where they're like 20 bucks usually at Barnes & Noble. But if you don't have free shipping at Barnes & Noble, or if you're but only buying one...
1: Yes, because if you buy two, if you spend 35 or $40, I think it's $35 on Barnes & Noble, you get free shipping and handling.
0: Mm-hmm. So it just depends on what you're, what you're picking up. Um, if you're going to be dropping more than 20, it is definitely worth it. Uh, and if you're not familiar with the Criterion Collection, Criterion is a distribution company that uh, they remaster the movies and they usually get the best special features you could want as a movie lover. Um, they usually have mini documentaries or um, great interviews, additional things like that um, that you don't get with a normal Blu-ray or DVD. Uh, you're also pretty much guaranteed to get the best quality of the print that you can get um that does not mean the movies are good as cory and i learned the hard way uh, Oh no, um,
1: it's gonna haunt us forever
0: yeah but that's not to say i mean again movies are subjective so just because we didn't like a movie on criterion doesn't mean it's a bad movie although we have a hard time of seeing it from another perspective there um I I've managed to block out the name of that movie. I just said, like, <laughs> I know Tim Roth and uh, Gary Oldman's like one of their first films, and it's not great. But, um, but I am meantime. I am really excited about meantime. That's it. I keep wanting to say good time, but that's a movie I did like with Robert Pattinson.
1: Yes, it was very good.
0: Um, but, uh, the Magnificent Ambersons is coming out on Criterion this month, and you can pre-order it. Um, and I'm totally going to do that, I think, uh, for sure. At least that one. I might get to um, eyeball on a couple. Um, but I'm really excited for January when Notorious comes out. But I might have to wait till July to buy it so I can get it at the half price. Because um, I don't want to spend $40 on it. Uh, but um, the Magnificent Ambersons, as I was saying uh, before we started recording to Corey, it has you know Citizen Kane movie. Um, we actually are getting the last Citizen Kane movie. Uh, this year, uh, it's releasing this year. Um, I'm forgetting the name of it now. Something with the wind. Um, and it was a film that was not finished before he died, and they they've edited it and pieced it together. So it's still gonna be an unfinished Wellesian film. But that's it fits because Ambersons was manipulated by the studio, and so was uh, Touch of Evil. Um, you know, after Citizen Kane did uh, horrible at the box office when it came out, partly because of uh the um, I'm going to forget his name, the uh, tycoon, the newspaper tycoon that Citizen Kane based, um, well, Orson Welles based uh, Charles Foster Kane on. Um, it's, it's right at the tip of my tongue. It starts with an H. Oh, man, I'm going to forget the name. But nonetheless, he like basically campaigned against Citizen Kane to make sure that it would fail, um, and it did in the box office. Obviously, it's become uh, now regularly referred to as the greatest movie ever made um but Orson Welles the rest of his career was you know controlled by the studio because they gave him essentially carte blanche like a, a brand new director they're just like hey yeah do whatever and he did and it cost a lot of money it went way over budget mm. um yeah it was it was pretty crazy that he got the the freedom that he had for his first movie and why we got such a great first movie um but then again, you get some amazing stuff. Touch of Evil is still really good despite studio interference. And I've not seen the Magnificent Ambersons, but I the the history behind it is so so strong that I feel confident just buying it, especially on Criterion. So I think that's what I'm going to be purchasing this month um, with the half off sale. But uh, I also got some other stuff because Target had a sale this week. Corey, did you see that?
1: I did, and I was I was very good, and I reeled it in and bought zero.
0: Oh. I bought three. Uh, They had uh, movies, games, and books, or buy two, get one free. And um, I couldn't resist. I got Ant-Man and the Wasp, which is a movie I really, really liked this summer. Um, It's actually, I'm realizing I enjoy the Ant-Man movies, I think, the most out of the Marvel films because I love Paul Rudd so much and Michael Pena. Um, And they just really make those movies enjoyable. But I also got um, Eighth Grade, which is a film that I loved very, very much. Um, we just talked, uh, with Mike about it. Mike acknowledged he didn't love it as much as you and I did, um, which was a little surprising. But, you know, not everyone's going to click with the movie. And then I got, uh, Sorry to Bother You, which I loved a whole bunch. Um, so I couldn't resist getting those three movies, uh, and technically getting them at a discount because it was buy two, get one free. So, and all of them had digital copies, which I'm a big proponent for that. So, um... But that's uh, usually we don't talk about what we've been buying. We talk about what we've been watching. So, have you seen anything other than Mr. Smith Goes to Washington this week, Corey?
1: I went to a screening of Rocky Horror Picture Show.
0: Oh. Uh, was it uh, an interactive screening as well?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, the only thing that we can't do because it's in a historical theater is, like, obviously no hot dogs and no. Uh, water guns and i mean i don't even the live production we went to didn't have the hot dogs and that's fine because i don't want to be hit with a hot dog
0: oh everybody (laughs) everybody wants to be hit by a hot dog because they
1: just throw them you know um yeah and even some people take like whole rolls of toilet paper and i just imagine somebody getting a head concussion (laughs) Oh, (laughs) jeez. but it was really fun and i was still you know dumping you know rice out of my shoes a day later and it's all good
0: Well, I, um, is that all? Is that the only thing you've watched?
1: That's the only thing I can think of.
0: Well, um, I, I didn't watch, uh, I still have not watched Rocky Horror Picture Show, but my daughter has now watched it, not once, but twice. Um, The original,
1: the only one that matters, right?
0: Yes, yeah, uh, the Tim Curry original, um, and apparently she, she watched it by herself, and I didn't, like, realize she had watched it, or I would have watched it with her, um, but she's like that. She likes to hide in her room and watch things without telling people. And um, <laughs> she really liked it so much, so that uh, Thursday night, my wife had to work far away, and I had, uh, I have, I teach night classes at our local college um, at on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So she was going to be alone, um, basically, until I got off of that job. So her friend came over, and they uh, they were going to watch a movie and she convinced her friend to watch Rocky Horror Picture Show. So for her second time, her friend's first time, and they both really like that a lot. So, um, I need to watch That makes it.
1: me so happy. You need to get that girl to a screening
0: next year. Ooh, that seems overwhelming to me, but, um...
1: Why? It's so fun.
0: Yeah, well, you know, it's Polk County here, Corey. Uh, some people uh, go a little crazy. Well,
1: uh, I feel like the crowds in Boise are the worst that I've been in, so...
0: Got it. Got it. Well, I don't know, uh... I know they do it at the Polk Theater, but it sells out pretty quickly. Um, all right, so I've seen a, quite a bit this week, but partly because I've been showing movies to my students this week as well, so I count those. Um, even though, I, and I, some of them I watch technically twice because uh, I have two classes oh. of the same subject, but um, I watched *The Hate You Give*, uh, which is the movie about the um, a, a young black man is killed by a, a young unarmed black man is killed by a white police officer. Um, and the aftermath uh, centered around a character named Star, Corey, something you might be able to relate to. Um, and it is with two R's, actually, I think. Um, yes, it is. Uh, that's her first name, not her last. But um, I I really, really like that movie. It connected with me on a lo- in a lot of ways. I especially loved the performance. Um, both of the Lee character, whose name I always butcher because Amanda because uh, it has an L.A. at the end of it. Um, and then, uh, Regina Hall, but Russell Hornsby, um, is the father character, and I was really, really connected to that guy, um, as the character, like, as a dad, I just, it, a lot of the moments that I teared up were dad-related, and, uh, it just clicked for me. Um, I did watch Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, uh, Monday, and so this is, like, one of the longest times that we've gone from watching to recording, um, so I hope, I hope I have a lot to say still, but, um... This week for my classes, I showed uh, my visual tech classes. are doing a Steven Spielberg study. So we watched Close Encounters of the Third Kind this week, mm. um, which I love that movie. And then uh, we are studying melodrama in my um, film one class. And we watched The Fault in Our Stars, which is by far the saddest movie I've ever shown any of my classes in the six years I've been teaching it. And it was pretty fun to turn the lights on and see like 10 kids just like, you know, red eyes you know tears still running down their face um it, it was it, you know like not fun like i didn't like sadistically enjoy it, but just like that a movie can get that kind of reaction from you know often tough cynical teenagers you know like that it can connect with them and they can uh, be willing to show emotion um
1: well the lights were off
0: <laughs> true that um and then in my film two class we watched uh let the right one in um because we are doing a study on seasons and that movie really embodies winter um like everything about the film is cold and uh man I've, i had watched it before but i really took a lot from it this time uh re it with them and i was really impressed because that i've never shown that class a foreign film um so they had to manage subtitles which our classroom setup isn't the best for subtitles because where they appear on the bottom of the screen if you're in the back of the room there are several heads in your way um so but they they made it through and i i took that most of them really enjoyed let the right one in so uh i was excited about that and a few of them want to rewatch it because it's on hulu right now so um and then i watched i got a screener of the happy prince that's uh, a movie about oscar wilde uh written starring and directed by rupert everett um and colin firth is in it emily watson um colin morgan Edward thomas um i didn't know much about oscar wilde to be honest other than uh I would still say I knew, like, almost nothing, which I hate when I know almost nothing for a biopic. Um, I feel kind of like, dang, what was I doing that I've not really... Like, I'm familiar with a couple of his stories, but even, like, those I wasn't familiar with the author, you know what I'm saying? Like, he did the, um... The Portrait of Dorian Gray, I think is the name of the book. (laughs) Which I'm familiar with, but I was not familiar with Oscar Wilde. But it's, it's, it's a good movie. I don't think it's a super engrossing film. I was kind of... Not into it most of the time I was watching it, but um, it's not bad. And then last night, Corey, last night, my wife, myself, and my daughter, and one of her friends, we went and saw Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes, and this movie is getting uh pretty much panned by the critics, critics are just bashing it left and right. Um, it has a 43 meta score, I think, or something like that. I loved it. Um, some of the things I've heard about it I don't disagree with but some of the things that I keep hearing are they wish it was more about Freddie Mercury and basically it sounds like they're, they're wishing for a different movie and as what this movie was doing I had a great time with um, it's almost a musical I mean there's a lot of Queen in this movie for sure um, Rami Malik is phenomenal and I, I don't know I loved it uh, my daughter loved it my wife loved it um, I think my daughter's friend loved it, but she's, uh, she was very tired when we left the movie, so she didn't have a, she didn't get as talkative as my wife, my daughter and I, but, um, yeah, and I've been listening to Queen all morning, so. <laughs>
1: yes. I want to see it, but I don't know. Well, to-
0: right. No, no, I think you, it's a must for you to go see, like, as soon as possible. Um, really, really worth it. Uh, one last thing, before we get into Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, um when I was at uh South by Southwest I saw a movie called Unlovable that I really liked it's a comedy but it's it's a drama for sure and there's it's it's got a musical element to it which uh you know I love movies that feature like musicians playing music um and that is a big part of this and um I think this is I'm on their uh Instagram page right now um a sex and love addicted woman learns that real intimacy is when she starts making music with a reclusive man. Um, it is now available on digital. It's playing in some theaters, but very, very, very few um, across the country, like one, one city in every state kind of thing. But um, I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, it's not exploitative at all. In fact, it's based on a true story. The lead actress is um, it's her story like oh. she, it's uh, that she, that's being told. And it's a female director, so it's not, like, you hear a movie about a woman with a sex addiction, and it almost sounds like this is a male fantasy, like, oh, it's going to be a bunch of sex. And while sex does play a factor in the film, it is not exploitative at all. It is a really intimate look at a real addiction that people, I think, a lot of times scoff or make jokes about, and it's um, it's treated so, so well, and yet there's, there's such humanity in the film that there is humor, there is love, there is, it's... I was moved, um, and I was fortunate at the screening I went to. It did have a Q and A uh, with the director. Actually, the whole cast I think was there, um, and it was one of my favorites at South by. And I've been waiting for it to, to, you know, be available for other people for me to really talk about it. So, it is. It's on. It's on sale for ten bucks on like every digital platform. Um, I highly recommend. Uh, it, you can. I think you can even rent it on those digital platforms. So if you're not willing to take my word for it um or if the, you're like apprehensive because it's an indie or, it's an indie film um i i just i thought it was amazing and um i believe i don't want to uh, misquote big tuna but he got to see this uh, f- a few weeks ago and he also said it was really good i don't remember exactly how much he loved it but um yeah i want to i really want to push that out there um if you're willing to give it a chance check out unlovable again it's on every digital platform I saw it on Vudu and iTunes, so I'm assuming it's on Amazon, but uh, definitely worth a watch um, if you're looking for something to uh, check out this weekend. All right. Um, With that, Corey, we're going to get into our initial thoughts on Mr. Smith Goes to Washington as well as what we normally do is we give the statistics and that kind of thing about the film. Um, Our theme for the month of November is political movies because, you know, we want people to get out and vote and we want to be better at our own voting choices and things like that and so why not dive into uh the political film genre um so mr smith goes to washington uh is one the first film on that theme and it's from 1939 stars a very young james stewart uh gene arthur claude rains um edward arnold uh guy kibbe thomas mitchell eugene pallet and Balula Bond, uh, Bondi, excuse me, and, uh, it's directed by Frank Capra, who had worked with James Stewart another time in one of my favorite movies, It's a Wonderful Life, um, in 1946, so, I, uh, had been meaning to get to this film for quite a while, it is on the top 100 AFI, um, it has a 73 Metascore, 8.2 IMDB User Score, and I'm gonna pull up what number on the AFI list it was, but, um, Corey, why don't you start? Uh, What were your initial thoughts of Mr. Smith Goes to Washington?
1: I had to watch the first hour twice. (laughs) Um, I didn't realize how tired I was. Oh. So that's my commitment. Um, I really enjoyed it, and I want to see more uh, James Stewart movies. We watched It's a Wonderful Life last year. Was that your first time
0: seeing it? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I think we, I definitely think we did because it's one of my favorite movies, um, like ever. I always, always watch it at Christmas time. I just absolutely love it.
1: Because Sean likes to cry. Um, <laughs> I didn't know anything really about this movie. hmm. I went in blind. So, pleasantly surprised.
0: Okay. I don't, I mean, um, I, I would say, uh, it starts a little slow, but it builds and builds and builds to a um, powerful ending. Um, it's number 29 on the AFI Ooh. Top 100 list. So, um, What's
1: number one? Is it Citizen Kane?
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the, in fact, just in case you're not familiar with AFI, first of all, it's one of many, many, many lists that attempt to uh, say the best movies are these. And the AFI has very strict criteria. I believe one of those criteria... Being it has to be an American film. Um, hence the American Film Institute. That's what AFI stands for. Um, but uh, Citizen Kane's number one. Casablanca is number two. Godfather is number three. Gone with the Wind is number four. And Lawrence of Arabia is number five. If this list is... This is, I think, an accurate list, but I could be wrong. But um, as far as, like, their ranking... I think they did another list in 2007... And I don't know if they've updated it since then, but they update it every, every once in a while, um, every like decade or so, but, um, yeah, uh, Mr. Smith goes to Washington was one that I think I tried to watch, um, a little while back on like T- uh, TCM and the commercials just really were making it tough to get through where I was just like, you know what, this isn't how I want to watch this movie. So I stopped, um, And I've been meaning to get back to it, and when we started, when I started watching this on Monday, I was, uh, I was concerned that I wasn't gonna like it, because it, it did feel like to go a little slow, and, um, you know, it, it definitely has the 1939 kind of feel to it, you know, it's, it's not, it's meandering a bit, and, in a good way, though, like, I think it, where it ends up, it ends up in a strong place, but, um, You know jimmy stewart's character is naive um he is uh like the head of a boy scouts type uh organization and um he is a true blue patriot you know he loves the government he loves the politics um he well he loves what he believes the politics to be he's got a romanticized version of government um that he got from his father uh he's all about the little guy helping the everybody everybody's you know he's He's awesome. He's ideal in every way. And he gets assigned a position on the Senate. Um, a Senator dies who we find out is, uh, was very corrupt. Um, there's a man, uh, Mr. Taylor, um, who is like, uh, I guess he's, he runs a newspaper. Um, Hearst, by yes. the way, Hearst was the name I could not think of earlier when I was talking about Citizen Kane. It just popped in oh. my head. Um, uh, and I, I feel like there's some of that in Jim Taylor that he's also supposed to be like this um, guy who's involved in everything. He's got his fingers in everything, including what appears to be organized crime, um, at least to some degree, because uh, Chick McGann is like a muscle guy that they send with Smith to Washington, um, who definitely comes off more of a gangster than a businessman to me. Did you get that feel?
1: Um, not really i don't know i wasn't really paying attention to that but something else in the plot is making me think that mr taylor is even worse than we think but Mm. i'll talk about that in spoilers but i don't remember that i just yeah i remember the train ride and everything but
0: okay well so um smith is chosen by the uh the governor of the state uh from like wyoming or um I forget which state they're from. It's one of the Midwestern states. Um, mm-hmm. And so they choose Smith because they think they'll be able to strong arm him. Um, and Senator Payne, who is working with Taylor, they have uh, p- positioned themselves for um, this financial gain where, like, uh, this bill's going to pass, and inside the bill, there's going to be um, a dam built on this one river. And so the government's going to have to buy all this land, and they own all this land illegally. I can't remember the term they use like it's a gist. it's a it's a gig something with a G. Um, again, it's been a few days since I've watched this and I, I'm not familiar with most of the terminology ahead of time. So uh, bear with me on that. but um, it's this whole plan and they need uh, a patsy basically, someone to just approve the bill and not buck the system. Um, and Smith being uh, the patriot that he is, super excited to go to Washington. And I I love seeing that, um, that like he goes in this, you know, naive envisioned character who has this romanticized version of this world. And once he's in it, he finds out that it's nowhere near as glamorous as he'd always envisioned it. Um, And yet he sees that the foundation of his beliefs are there, but they've been overshadowed by corruption. And man, what a, what a, powerful idea to still be relevant now you know Um, that's the thing about this movie that i thought was so impressive is that it it is kind of timeless um i mean stylistically it feels like a 1930s film but the the themes and the subjects that are dealt with definitely still apply to today's politics and and sadly the press which was the thing i hated most about this movie
1: that's what I was kind of surprised about, but I've never seen Citizen Kane. Didn't that come out in the 40s?
0: Yeah, uh, early 40s.
1: So I didn't realize <laughs> that the press has always been mm, so corrupt.
0: <laughs> well, keep in mind, it's not all the press. Um, yeah. there, there are examples in history. I mean, I think maybe the lesson we should k- take from the combination of like movies like All the President's Men and The Post and, uh, um, what's it called, Uh, Spotlight, where we see the press bringing down uh, corrupt individuals in society Um, (laughs) with movies like this, uh, Shattered Glass, Citizen Kane to a degree. Um, Citizen Kane isn't as focused on the newspaper, although he is a newspaper tycoon, and he does glamorize, or um, he kind of turns a a reputable paper into a gossip rag, and without clearly changing the format you know I'm saying like people still thought it was a reputable paper but what they were printing Uh. was questionable um and so like you see I think what you should take from all these things is that uh the press can do great great but we also have to be weary of them because they are trying to make money they have you know it's it is a profit thing and so whenever there is a goal and more importantly when there's a need for customers there's going to be a penchant for you know, you know, know, putting in things that are more compelling. I mean, you look at blogs now. We have clickbait headlines, right, that are strictly there mm-hmm. to get you to click because that's how they get their money, and that's TV news. Uh, they need ratings. If you're not watching the news, then they have to do something to make you watch or they lose funding, they lose advertising, and that's where their money comes from. And same thing with newspapers. If you're not buying the papers, um, which, of course, is getting less and less and less and less, Um, If you're not subscribing to them online now, which I don't know anybody who actually does an online news subscription, um, they are going to lose their funding, the advertisers go away, and they're out of business. So, there's a necessary evil to the way it's presented. Um, I mean, imagine if education wasn't a free service, like if it wasn't government funded, like we would be doing all sorts of crazy stuff. Like, schools would have, like, we have the best playground in all the land, and, you know, we have the... We have a Chef Gordon Ramsay at our cafeteria. Like, (laughs) you would have schools, like, competing like that, and you'd see that in the private school sector. You know, private schools have these amenities that they offer in order to justify the high cost of tuition. Um, So, newspapers being a for-profit industry and the news in general is a problem because people are going to be capable of corruption um and that's what you see with a lot of these uh stories um the people in charge have agendas they have opinions and so they uh, force those opinions i mean you see that with fox news and cnn right now um they're clearly one-sided they're very clearly slanted towards one of the political parties and the news stories reflect that um but again if you know that you can be the judge of what to take you know at face value and what to uh dismiss And we have to also, of course, remember, too, while, yes, sometimes news reporters are after a specific uh, individual, those politicians also have agendas. They also have people they're trying to please and they're trying to I mean, that's how they keep their job. They have to make people happy, quote unquote. Um, That's why
1: I say that we have term limits for everybody.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Lifetime. Lifelong senators is a concern. Um, And that's, you know. Uh, you see that in this movie too i think you see that uh the problem with having these long-running uh senators is it's almost like they are just taken at at what they say to be true because of their longevity as if that was like a sign of their quality you know mm-hmm. um i i was really impressed with this film and the last sequence is iconic um and i i don't I guess this, we should go into spoilers uh, before we talk about it just to make sure. Um, if you have not seen Mr. Smith Go to Washington, um, it is available to purchase digitally. It was not available to stream on any service uh, for free that I saw. Um, it might have been on Filmstruck at some time, but Filmstruck is dying, so it will no longer be uh, available there. Um, so in that case, Corey?
1: Guys, we're going to talk about this movie in great detail from here on out. Spoilers, you've been warned.
0: So, um, the, the iconic scene from this film is the filibuster sequence where, um, Mr. Smith, uh, who is, um, presented a bill, uh, where he was trying to get like a state park where he would, um, the government would loan the money because he's a believer that the government already pays for enough. Um, again, cause he's this idealistic great American in every way. Um, so they would loan the money. He would establish this park for, uh, for the young boy scouts. Um, and unfortunately for him, he picked a spot of land that was a part of the dam building on the other bill. And so he becomes the enemy to Payne and Taylor. Um, and when he refuses, uh, Payne and Taylor throw him under the bus and make him look like a liar and a cheat and that he was the one grifting. I think that was the word maybe grift. I think that's what they said. Um, and that he uh, was the one who owned that land, and they have people saying that, and they have evidence and for it's just it's crazy the amount of uh Paul Taylor has because he totally makes him look like a liar.
1: I was kind of wondering about how they had that set up too because they had documents and all kinds of things showing that he owned the land.
0: It's because Taylor, I think, owns everybody that's worth owning in that st- uh, in that state. I think literally everybody works for him in some capacity. Um, and if they don't work for them, he's willing to pay them enough to make them work for him. You know what I mean? Like, people were unwilling to talk it out against Taylor. Um, and who's Smith? You know, they didn't care if he died, if he was buried by this, because Taylor would bury everybody in his way. Um, because Taylor put everything he, of his name and reputation in this bill, that if, if it got out that he had been uh, the one manipulating things, that it would have ruined him. So he's not going to let that happen. And man, it, it gets pretty dark in some places. Like I feel awful for Smith. Um, but, I go ahead. Oh well, I was gonna say something. I was gonna go on a tangent, so I, I think maybe you should go.
1: I just loved his character oh, and yeah. that, even when everything is so stacked against him, he doesn't forgo. He doesn't like let go of his ideals or what he thinks is right.
0: No, if anything, he turn he sours, um, and he's so shocked at what he's always loved and upheld as this um, privileged place is so corrupted and tarnished, and yet, thanks to uh, the monuments like Abraham Lincoln Washington Monument, he's able to still see like it's still here. It's just been covered by by you know dark shadows. Um, I loved Saunders, which is uh, played by Gene Arthur. Um, there's the love story that develops between the two of them, is so great. And the part when she sends him the note down and it says, yeah. uh, "He says I love you," and he's right. Like I teared up like so hard because I thought she was so great. Um, and uh, go ahead.
1: There was such a change in her character too. Mm-hmm. At um the beginning, she I felt like why wasn't she telling him that the whole reason they were setting. Him up with, was it Taylor? Whose daughter was that? Was it Taylor's daughter?
0: No, it was uh, Payne's daughter, I think. Payne, um,
1: okay. Yes, yes, you're right. Suzanne Payne. Yeah. Um, why didn't she tell him why they were really doing that? Because she knew. Yeah. Um, and she knew about the plot of land that the dam was going on, and she didn't tell him?
0: Well, she was. she's part of the corrupt system. Um, that's one of the things I love about her character is, she at first is completely uh, cynical and kind of almost spiteful um, at the world, and that's Smith shocks her because he's so naive and he's so innocent. Um, it reminds her, I think, of herself when she first got there, but she's now grizzled and and you know bitter towards everything, um, and she's just she's become a part of the 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 system, like this corruption and whatnot. It's all about the money and what you can do for yourself and how you know staying quiet here can get you another job or another position
1: yeah and she's promised one if um i forget what position he's going after i think it's pain yeah i think it's i think pain's gonna
0: end up in a national like maybe going for the president it doesn't they don't say president but i think that's the next step for him is to go for like the presidency and getting in at the very least going for the the nomination for the um what do you call it the uh party like the party domination
1: Mm -hmm. um so I don't know I didn't like her at the beginning but
0: no I mean and I don't know that you're supposed to at the beginning but Mm -hmm. by the end I loved her so much I thought her performance was so strong um and I totally I love that um Smith never even looks at her as a potential mate And not because she's not like gorgeous or anything like that but because i think he respects her like it's almost at the time it's kind of progressive because like technically he's her boss and we see like you know a lot of other people treat her like she's just you know eye candy but she's she's the powerhouse in that office she's the one who knows everything she's the one who is familiar with government and while there is a level of disrespect that she's not in that position like she's not the senator Um, She's given a lot of of strength in this movie. Now, unfortunately, I think maybe having her fall in love with Smith is a little, like, you know, making her a girl. Like, you know, like the traditional, like, damsel-to-be-one kind of thing. But I still think she's a powerful female character for 1939, and she plays that role so, so well. Um, I feel like
1: working in government at all at that time.
0: Um, Yeah.
1: But I don't know. Sometimes I can totally understand... You know the tropes and stuff in film but also i can totally see falling in love with someone who you work with so closely all the time um you know so i don't feel like it should necessarily mm. always be written off and i was kind of taken aback when he tells her that she's accomplished so much for a woman and i was just like whoa because we don't look at it that way now yeah. you've accomplished so much as a woman i feel like I don't know.
0: I think unfortunately there are still some people who do look at it like that and that's part of the problem is that it's still women are still fighting to get equal footing, just like you know, minorities oh, I in can general.
1: Totally see yeah. that, but I I don't know how to maybe verbalize what I'm saying, but I just feel like now women are expected to do so many things and like back then Des Diz, whoever the uh journalist is just trying to marry her and make her a housewife.
0: Yeah, he is you know? and this, that, the scenes where it's just the two of them are so funny like like her getting drunk and like hiccuping um, and then like let's get married and you're like, don't marry that guy. but like it's played more for comedy, but in a you know it's not like in a mocking way, it's not mocking her, but like just the sequences are kind of comical and even their interactions throughout the film are pretty funny. Um, I the reporters though, oh, they are so awful. Um, how they immediately twist uh, Mr. Smith when, when they interview him and they start putting in the paper all these awful Our things. Page. Yeah, and then he goes around punching all the reporters. I loved it. <laughs> that I mean... Oh, man. I don't know if Kevin Smith pulled that idea for Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, but uh, <laughs> there's a sequence in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back where the uh, there's a movie being made about Jay and Silent Bob in the movie, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. It's meta in that way. And um the internet's just starting and they f- they they're introduced to message boards and people are just like bashing their their script and like talking crap about the characters Jay and Silent Bob and so they go around and like they beat up people who posted on the forums and it oh, reminded me of Smith going around beating up the reporters <laughs> I don't know if that was an influence or not but it definitely seems possible Uh, given the nature of this film and then, you know, um, its status in the, uh, film history. But, um, James Stewart, uh, I am, I'm a huge fan. The Rear Window Vertigo are two of my favorite films. And then, um, It's a Wonderful Life is easily in my, it's easily my favorite Christmas movie, but it's in my top, it's in my top 50 movies period. Like I love It's a Wonderful Life. I, I take so much joy in that film and the performance um, and hope, like, it is sad, like, I do cry in, in It's a Wonderful Life, but I cry tears of joy, um, and that idea of, of learning to appreciate what you have, and the value of family, and it, it's just, it's such a great film, so Frank Capra and Stuart working together for this movie, I feel like there's a similar theme there, that there is, um, even with, when everything's against him, like you said, he doesn't, he doesn't cave, uh, he's so strong, and it finally, beats him like where he passes out at the end of the filibuster but he'd been talking for like 24 hours and um i have
1: so many questions how do you not go to the bathroom for that long
0: that's the best question because he has a lot of liquid um yeah i have no idea
1: <laughs> it was 24 hours and i you know i just couldn't do it but also i just like seeing like so many of the movie characters come over to like, Smith's side, too, like, the page boys, like, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: at first, they seem to think that he's kind of a joke, and, oh, I can't believe he's doing this right now, and, you know.
0: Well, I love that first scene when he goes to the Senate, Mm -hmm. and the the page boy, like, kind of walks him through everything, because Mm -hmm. it's for us, too, because, like, I don't know what all those places are, but it's also for him, and, like, the way the page boy, like, takes to him immediately, just, like, you're, you seem like a different person, you don't seem like the other senators, like, you seem like you care about this so i'm going to take the time to introduce you to the world and i i don't know like throughout the film the page boys are really powerful too and then um even the the governor the when the kids are pressuring him to take smith to as the senator Mm -hmm. it cracked me up with how the kids were talking to the dad and like there's so many kids he has like eight kids you know um yeah i just thought it was really funny um because I like that, you know, as a teacher, um, you know, I put a lot of time in with my students and like seeing that kind of connection that he has with the Boy Scouts and basically the youth of his state, you know, like they all like idolize him and he looks for no recognition. He just, he does it because it's the right thing. It's the future. You know, it's, these kids are going to be the next lawmakers, the next, you know, inventors, the next business people. They are where everything lies and he invests so much in them and it's, it's. Again, I think that's a really positive message for now that we need to be, you know, repurposing. Like we keep cutting money from education, where we should be, um, trying to build the the system so that the kids are better prepared for the reality and, um, you know, this
1: is America. Yeah,
0: Childish Gambino. Um, what Childish Gambino? Uh-huh. That's what I. Just um. Said.
1: Yeah, I don't know, and also he's not just concerned with the youth of his state he wants to like bus you know boys mm. in from all over and he says all races all classes. yes
0: i love that so much that in 1939,
1: 1939
0: this, character, yes. this hero character is not he's not i want to train white boys he's like no i want this camp to be for everybody and i, I oh man that's so powerful like and it's it's so subtle in a way too like because he says it but he doesn't say it in this like he doesn't have a political agenda. He's not doing it to, like, rub, you know, p- make people mad or to get votes. He's doing it because he means it. He, he wants everybody to have this opportunity. And I think that's... And he says something about, like, when we learn from other cultures, it makes us better or something like that. I can't remember his phrasing, but there's a part where he, like, explains why he wants it to be open, is that, you know, we learn so much from, ex- you know, being exposed to each other. I, I was just really really impressed with that little sentiment in this movie um again why i think it holds up so so well uh, after all these years uh even though i think there was one little racial slur uh not that smith says but one of the other characters says something about um colors or something like that um i think maybe i'm wrong but i feel like that happened uh like maybe when he with with one of the the bad guys one of taylor's people but um yeah, I I really actually ended up enjoying this movie a whole lot um the suspense in the filibuster sequence too I was like on the edge of my seat and it's just like a, him reading you know things out of the book and you know the but they, the way capra shoots it um and the way the pacing of it it's I felt really really intense like is he gonna is he gonna make it I don't know like I was really like uh, like I cared that he was gonna make it and the way it plays out with Payne finally doing the right thing I I I also, I like how it kind of just ends there. You know, we don't get a real resolution. Payne puts out there that he's the right, he's the, the true one. Um, he confesses, and then it just ends. And I'm like, I'm okay with that. I, I'm I'm fine with the victory, and then walk away. Like, we'll just assume the aftermath is exactly what we would think the aftermath would be. Taylor will be arrested. He'll have to resign. Smith will get to retain his position, you know. Um I don't I, know. I, what did you think about that?
1: Um, well, I kind of would also like to... It was so abrupt that I wasn't really expecting it. hmm Um, but I kind of would have been happy to see him happy and to see that, you know, that everything worked out see
0: and i I also i kind of like that we don't get the the catharsis of the kiss between saunders and him either because you know that's coming oh
1: i didn't even think about that yeah
0: we we see that she says uh she loves him and he clearly is excited and thrilled by that idea um and he obviously owes almost everything to her and we don't get that hug or that kiss or anything um i do feel like her uh when he's getting like towards the end of it and she's like crying and like losing her shit uh i thought it it was a little melodramatic and it kind of it didn't seem like her you know like that wasn't the woman we've seen the rest of the movie but now she's emotionally invested and it's like breaking her down it it felt a little too melodramatic for my taste but um i was still fine with it but like yeah she like falls down like crying no Uh, i'm just like okay okay calm it down there girl like he's not gonna die
1: we didn't even talk about the 50,000 telegrams
0: that oh. were
1: brought in of all the people that are saying these awful things about Smith. And they've already said that he was stealing the money from the boys
0: Yeah, that were yeah. sending
1: in money to help with the thing. And I don't, I wouldn't like, that's one of the things that I wouldn't be able to read all those horrible things that people are saying about me and still be able to go on. I think
0: that's true for sure. And that's, what's so heartbreaking about this film is like, he keeps expecting someone to do the right thing and everyone keeps doing the wrong thing. And like every turn he's like, this will happen. And then they're like, Nope, not going to help you. It's like, well then this will happen. Nope, not going to help and you. And it's like, God, did you think too? Cause we find out that his father worked
1: very closely with Mr. Payne mm-hmm. and that his father was shot in his office. And I'm just thinking that Taylor had something to do yeah, with that. I
0: totally think Taylor had something to do with that. Um, They never say, but I I totally think, given what we've seen of Taylor, that it's very probable. And if it wasn't Taylor, the man who was responsible is ultimately a Taylor figure. Like, he was the same idea of this corruption um, who, you know, was not going to let some little guy who had this uh, big conscience stand in his way kind of thing. You know, like, no way are you going to stop me from doing what I want to do. Yeah, I, I totally thought that as well. Um, and, man, I was kind of shocked by that tragedy that his dad was killed at his desk. So I was like, wow.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and... um, Yeah, and, like, even how they, like... Because the, there's that whole sequence where the kids, like, his paper, the, uh, the Boy Scout Gazette, or oh. whatever it's called, and they're, like, they've printed all this stuff, and then, like, they're getting, like, beat up, and, like, papers stolen by the Taylor's guys. I could not believe that the depth that he would go. You know what I mean? Like... Mm-hmm. That was yeah. so dark.
1: And they, oh, um, she tries to get him to stop. You know, mm-hmm. with it then too. I don't know.
0: Yeah, the most like nuts. it's too much. Just let it go. It's not worth it. Um, your your heart's gonna be broken. Well, they're like beating up kids. Yeah, they're beating up teenage boys and younger. Like it's oh my god. There's no, no. They, uh,
1: did they chill. hit their? one of them is driving a little is that a wagon or something yeah. and
0: it is heavily they... implied that they might have killed some yeah
1: <laughs> like what the hell are I mean, you doing the
0: mpaa <laughs> wouldn't have let them show the killing but it's definitely implied that they these people were ruthless um nothing that the boys are gonna do were gonna stop them from you know them hiding the truth um mm-hmm. yeah crazy crazy little sequence um
1: mabel's here
0: <laughs> and it shows but i mean think that's in 1939 that level of corruption was there that fear of corruption at least that the politicians would be willing to kill young boys to to not you know commit themselves to a crime that's scary like you know because think now with like with internet and the uh, the ability to con- you know manipulate our our information and and whatnot like if someone was that corrupt now and i'm not saying they are or aren't but if they are There's so much, there's so many ways they can hurt us now. It's, it's pretty scary. Agreed. Well, folks, that, um, unless Corey, you have anything else you want to talk about for Mr. and Miss, uh, Mr., not Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Um, no. Then let's go to our rating. Um, I am, I'm without question giving this the must see rating for myself. Uh, it worked for me in almost every way. Same. And so, uh, Afi, we think you might have nailed this one. We are we're both in agreement that it deserves to be in the top one hundred movies of all time. Um, I'm very glad I I bought this and didn't just rent it because this is definitely a film I could see rewatching and also uh, teaching for sure at some point. Um, it's very progressive. I do like the way that it is. Uh, it is a talking movie. Like there's a lot of dialogue, yet it it still captures a lot of the tension and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, for our next movie, uh. In our political agenda, Corey selected uh, a Stanley Kubrick film. You want Do you know the full name, Corey?
1: Um, Doctor Strange Love and How I Learned to Stop Something the Atomic Bomb.
0: Oh, so close! Uh, Doctor Strange Love or colon How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Um, Perfect. Very close, though. Very close. Uh, stars Peter Sellers, George C. Scott, Sterling <sighs> Hayden, Keenan Wynn, Slim Pickens. That is his name. Peter Bull. James Earl Jones, in a very small role, but important role. Um, Tracy Reed, Jack uh, Crelly, Frank Berry, blah, 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 lots of other people, uh, written uh, by Stanley Kubrick and Terry Southern and some other people, but directed by Stanley Kubrick. Um, this film is a, uh, so different from Kubrick's other styles because it's a comedy, um, but it's also it's a satire. There's definitely a lot of commentary about um, politics and things like that in this film, so definitely up the alley of uh, our month, our theme for the month. Um, Sellers is phenomenal in this. I have seen this once. I watched this, I think, two years ago. I think I watched it during the 366, but I'm excited to give it a rewatch because I really did enjoy it. And I like, I've like. i seen more of Kubrick's stuff since then, so I have some more idea of what kind of director he was. So I'm looking forward to rewatching this.
1: And I forgot George C. Scott is in it.
0: hmm I need and- to see more of this. As of now, it does not appear officially to be on anything, although you said it might be on Hulu.
1: Yeah, I think that it might be.
0: Um, If not, though, of course, you can always rent it digitally and or you could buy it on Criterion right now for half off. Um, The Criterion box art for this movie looks pretty cool. I actually, I I do like it. Um, But that's what we'll be watching and reviewing for our next episode of Movie Club. Until then, you can follow us on social media. You can follow me at Burke Reviews and Corey. At r star to R's Out in the End. And visit com to read all of my reviews. My review of Bohemian Rhapsody will be up later this week. Um, I just posted my reviews of Old Man with a Gun, uh, The Happy Prince, and um, I will be posting a few other movies that I've seen. I'm hoping to catch Beautiful Boy this weekend and possibly The Nutcracker and The Four Realms. Um, Suspiria, unfortunately, is not playing near me, and I don't think I'm going to get to see it this weekend, but uh, I've heard mixed things about Suspiria. Um, the the remake Corey uh, i know we didn't like the original which we are no in the minority of um big tuna is a big fan of the original film hated hated the new one uh he gave it the avoid like the plague rating on our scale um yet it's it's getting a really positive buzz from other film critics so it seems to be polarizing at best um nonetheless uh m- all those reviews will be at Um, If you like the podcast, if you could rate us and uh, share it with your friends, that would help us get new listeners and potentially um, help keep the podcast going for a long, long time, because we're almost through year two of Movie Club, which means we will have watched 104 movies by the end of this year, which is only two months out. Um, So that's exciting. But until our next episode, remember, keep watching movies. Do you like movies? Do you like podcasts? Or are you just lonely? If the answer is yes, and even if it's not, then check
1: out the What I Watch Tonight Show's filmtastic selection of podcasts, covering the entire movie-verse as something for everyone. So come check it out. More details at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk or from all good podcast providers.
0: This has been a Berk Reviews podcast. BerkReviews.com